0: It's time for another edition of NFT 101, and we are continuing our deep dive into the metaverse as I educate myself on all things non-fungible. For some reason, I am your host, Matt Ryan, and today we delve into one of my favorite things in the world, video games. Whether it's GTA 5, Time Crisis, or any point in between, if you grew up, when I grew up, video games were a key part of your existence, and they're becoming a key part of the nft universe and i have with me two people today who are looking to lead the way in nft gaming we have matt nagy and also the head of utopian game Labs, simon bailey joining us here on the show simon matt it is so good to have you here on nft 101 to talk not only utopian game labs but your brand new game time raiders guys welcome to nft 101 yay welcome thank you for having us I like yeah, I like a yay. Good. I like I like an excited yay. That, like that's there's a there's a Zappa-esque joy to you, Matt, that I personally enjoy.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I'll take that as a huge compliment.
0: As, I, I, and he's also someone that's entering the non fungible universe. I believe uh, in the next couple of months, we're going to start seeing some Frank Zappa NFTs coming in through a, a recent uh, licensing rights deal. So that's a oh, lot. Oh, that is
1: awesome. I look forward to that too. That's brilliant.
0: But matt simon you guys are a part of utopian game labs you are a part of time raiders before we dive deep into the game simon you're the head of the studio matt you're the lead designer walk us through what utopian game labs mission is and how we ended up with time raiders because there's a big thing going down just next week uh, that you guys are going to be dropping so please give us as much info as humanly possible
2: yeah thank you um so yeah, Utopian Game Labs was set up to um, take advantage of new technology uh, breakthroughs within uh, video games, and initially that started out with just DLC, you know, which is which is now uh, almost old hat. We used to, um, of course, uh, deliver all of our games on on CD-ROM or cartridge, and so once they were finished and out the door. Uh, you couldn't touch them again but now we have the opportunity to be much closer to the audience because uh, we can get feedback in real time and we can fix things in real time and we can give people more of the content that they that they love um and so all our sort of technical pursuits you know looking for for the various cutting edge you know like one of the things we've been exploring is uh games that Uh, level building by voice you know for people that can't um design games and so while we were looking into this we we discovered uh the blockchain we discovered decentralization we discovered players owning their own assets we discovered uh the possibility of modding with your own assets and then we really got hooked into it and now you know we, we we would very much like to um be disruptors in the mainstream space. We've come from the mainstream space, you know. I did Scooby Doo, Doctor Who, Star Wars, Clone Wars, High School Musical, whole bunch of um, you know mainstream titles on uh, Wii and DS and PlayStation, and Xbox, and um, but we've never had a possibility before where we can put all the power into the hands of the players by giving them their own assets to use in the game and their own utility.
0: And I love the idea of power to the players and Matt, as a designer, being able to step into a world where you can devise the concept of ownership for players and being able to use that not only to develop a game around, but to develop an entire genre, an entire ethos within this. How is that as a game designer important to you to give that level of democratization to gamers
1: well yeah um it, it's absolutely fantastic um you know i've been in the my, my first two jobs i looked out i was i was a designer for Die Hard trilogy an alien trilogy back in playstation one days so i remember so it was a finished games. game yeah you remember so it's a finished game it's on a disc the end you play it you love it right um now I'm a bit older. I've got kids who play video games. I'm watching my son play League of Legends and, and Tarkov and, and CSGO. He's playing CSGO. He's like, Dad, look at this cool knife I got, man. It's, I'm like, maybe you spent all your pocket money on this game. He's like, I know, I know, check it out. So he spent you know, like you know, 10 pound a week for a year. So he spent 500 quid playing CSGO, and he's got this collection of rare items i'm like oh he's like this one's worth 300, 300 bucks this one's worth 600 dollars, so on and so forth i'm like how do you make the money and he said oh you don't you can't do that if, if you trade it you'll just get in-game currency or you try your luck on a black market and maybe you'll get the money or maybe you'll get ripped off this to me this world that we've now entered into of games of rare items, of items that you either make yourself user-generated content, so it's a total one-off, or you get the pick of the treasure trove and you're the one who happens to get the legendary item. right? This is beautiful, so you get the game, you're enjoying the game, but you've got something that now you can sell on the market, it's got, it's, you know, it's not dodgy. Well, apart from the Cowboys out there, you know, it's not dodgy. You can go, you can sell to someone else, blockchain transaction, bang, you get your $600, your $1,000, your $2,000, whatever, you know, and you feel like, man, I love this game. I really enjoyed it. I pulled two legendary swords and I don't need them both. So let me sell one, right? You've made money instead of paying 500 bucks, you made a thousand. I love it. I I just think it's absolutely brilliant for the games industry.
0: And when you talk about games like CSGO, when you talk about League of Legends, when you talk about the rise of esports and just gaming as not only a hobby, but a profession, you know, going back to Billy Mitchell and the Pac-Man days, uh, obviously gaming was a part of that. But now it's evolved into a spectator sport, into its own economy its own you know there's several industries within one industry simon as the head of a studio how do you approach the development and growth of that and then matt when you're developing this game how are you looking at the space and the industry of nft or p4p or earn to win gaming and looking at a Fortnite or looking at these battle royale games and trying to adjust to working on a die you know working on a diehard trilogy aliens trilogy those were your first two jobs watching and manifesting actual change in the industry while still trying to develop a good story that will people will invest in off-rip without the promise of, you know, these collectibles and these rewards?
3: Yeah, That's
2: a huge I mean, question. <laughs> yeah, big question. But, I mean, firstly, uh, on the esports front, it's through partnerships. You know, we're currently building relationships with uh, esports company and guilds uh, that will bring, you know, pl- players to the product. Um, but essentially, we're focusing it on the product as a game first. It's a 3D game that's fun to play. We call it Diablo with guns. Um, it's an <laughs> NFT treasure hunter through time. Um, and, and, and the reason it's through time is it appeals to everybody. If you love dinosaurs, there's something for you. If you like steampunk, there's something for you. If you like uh, sci-fi or World War II, uh, the wonderful thing about being able to travel through time is that we can make all of the fun uh, game uh, levels and and modules that we'd like to make in in any era. So it's fun to make, and hopefully it's fun to play. And we've got you know fifteen hundred people in a closed beta at the moment uh, testing it, thrashing it, trying to make sure that it that it is that game. Uh, so it's kind of we're thinking about it as play and earn you know because uh, we have our own token in the game expendium um i have a 20 year old son right he plays league of legends he plays Fortnite. if he could earn enough money uh for his vape liquid he'd be a happy a happy guy now, that's <laughs> all the level of money he needs right now you know? <laughs> And i think there are millions of players in the west and of course in the east there's the possibility of earning a living from it um in sports, we've got head-to-heads, we've got a whole bunch of stuff coming up in the design that Matt can speak to. Um, but whether you buy and sell the NFTs within the game or not, they, they have utility. So if you're one of the few people to own a, a U-boat submarine, you'll be able to fire torpedoes uh, against the land and you'll be able to unlock hidden underwater levels. And only you would be able to do that, only the, I think there's 350 of them in total. And we're looking eventually to get to an experience where every uh, player has their own own unique uh, game to play. And then that's where the sharing of that and the communicating with that between the players will will be where all the fun is. Yeah, it's
1: excellent. one thing that we've done, um, you know, we're, we're, I've actually approached this rather than approaching it from the play to earn perspective, um, I've approached it from the free to play perspective. So there's no barrier to entry, anybody can get in. We're using kind of very similar, those compelling mechanics to free to play that um, draw you in and lead you down the, the pathway of an upgrade system that effectively allows you to do user-generated content, okay? In the future, we're gonna be allow, we're gonna be taking our tools and turning them into a kind of modding system to create real user-generated content on a bigger bigger scale along the lines of Minecraft and Roblox, you know? So imagine you do, you're one of those guys who puts in a bit of time and you, uh, you reuse some of the assets from World War II, you make your own levels, your own series of levels, with your own kind of rules to gameplay and then, you know, you get your friends playing it and, and your friends all vote for you and the community likes it and the community votes for you and your game, your levels get featured in the next month and you're getting a little slice of, of the income for your, what you've done. I mean, that's, you know, that's super exciting, you know, or imagine you've, um, you know, wh- when we get to the point where, where we're able to put um, skin modding into the hands of the players and they're starting to generate some of their own skins. Well, you know, I, I'm just it's just, it's just you know, a world of excitement,
2: you know? I mean, with the, with the multiplayer, imagine owning a share of Fortnite. So every competition, you would get a little piece of the revenue from every battle, every battle royale. And that that power and that that, um, ability is in the hands of the uh, players instead of the the well-protected coffers of, of the big boys like Activision or EA.
0: And when you, when you take a look at the the big gaming companies like an EA, like an Activision, and they are doing, like, I play Madden. I play 2K. I'm, you know, your traditional North American sports gamer. I have screwed around with FIFA a little bit. I'm terrible at all of them, but I try, and that's all that matters. At least that's what I tell myself, and I'm not crying in the mirror. But yes. when it comes to the, the purchase, like, a lot of, play to earn, you know, pay to earn, play pay to play coming up in the gaming industry. How how freeing is it as a studio and how attractive is it to a gamer to where it's like, yeah, you got to pay for some stuff, but you own it straight up outright. This is yours, you can sell it when you want, you could trade it when you want. You're, ge- you're getting actual use out of this, and you're not paying to have this unlockable character that you really can't do anything with. It's just they're existing in the game. He- there is no utility. There is no external or secondary value outside of, as you guys said, black market, you know, in CSGO or something like that, trying to sell things through eBay or, you know, backdoor channels or just meeting a guy in a dark parking lot and handing them a thumb drive. When you're... <laughs> when you look at that from a market pop proposition that's a really lucrative opportunity that's a really good uh you know leverage prop against some of the big gate names in the industry and also you have the pliability as an independent game company as an independent marketplace to utilize old styles, old looks, dive deep into the different character modules that you know will hit someone like me in my early 30s or someone in their late 20s of a PS1, of a Dreamcast, of those of those gaming styles or those studios or those legacy identities. Like if someone did a Shemune var- variant in 2023, I think it would be really lucrative in the P in the NFT marketplace. When you guys look at it from a business perspective, is it as freeing on the creative side because you have so much market pliability?
2: I mean, what, one of the things of being an independent studio is that you always have to balance the creative and the commercial. That, that's something that, that we're used to. What we often find is that when we're working with a publisher, that our creativity um, is limited here, let's say you know, we, we sell a whole bunch of NFTs, that money is then used to go directly into the game. So, we're making stuff that we want to make for people that want to play it, and it's funded by the people that want to play it as well. So, it's a much more community driven um, approach, and it suits us because we've remained indie developers over these many years, because of that reason, you know, it gives us some creative control. Like, um, we we have uh, an idea for an NFT gravestone, right? The gravestone has your name on it. You plant that gravestone in the game. You water that gravestone, you look after that gravestone, you put flowers on the gravestone, you gradually over time, becomes a graveyard when it's a graveyard all the kills that you make in the game you can then bury in the graveyard and then bring them back to life as your own private zombie army tremendous and this is the kind of creativity that we see and every player will want to own a gravestone right
0: Oh, totally. And Matt, as a creator, as the you know, the lead designer of this project, how exciting is it that this is basically a living game? There is no actual end to it. You can continue to add things, you can continue to ideate a word I don't like saying, but it is, you know, the parlance of the times, as they would say. You're able to curate these experiences end over end over end, like you I think GTA 5 was the impetus or GTA 4 was the impetus of this with you know the ballad of gay tony the lost and damned and then all of the online you know, perfunctory things that came after it and it rolled into GTA V and it doesn't feel like you're playing the same game over and over again. That must feel really good to to have that pliability as a creator, as a studio, to where you can continue to build out and work on and fine-tune this game live as it happens and work with the community. Like, the thing about NFTs that I personally love, and I say it all the time on the show, is that there's... A, the community has to come first. They're not only your customers; they're not, but they're your beta Ooh. testers. They are the the voice of reason, but they're also literal stakeholders in what you're doing. They have a financial incentive for you to be successful. Yeah. So How does that feel as a creative, and how freeing is it, and how exhausting is it to where it you're you're running a marathon that may never end. Um,
1: you know, the one thing about the, uh, what the free to play, um, games of the past decade is that a game became kind of a, a, a viable business almost by itself. Okay. So a plot moving that here, right. Just the, uh, um, but that had a very strict set of rules, right here. Um, the economics of, of this system are that you 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 have to continue to create new NFTs, which allows for that expanse of, of creative thinking, of brainstorming, of, I mean, the, the meetings that we have are, you know, what's just the coolest thing you can think of? And somebody goes, oh, you know, like, wouldn't it be cool if that, um, that, uh, Egyptian treasure could actually float up and like do this kind of blast of light that like takes out enemies within like 5 meter radius. And like that would be cool. <laughs> so so that's the next NFT we're going to make, you know. <laughs> like, I just I love it. I, it um, and and basically we're just we're just continuing to add to the roadmap. We've got, you know, several years planned out. And actually, we've got more than that. I, I have part of the level system. I have four years planned out of season by season by season of level, level creation, new characters and, and the like. And so now every time we every time we think of a time period, we're like, hey, you know, Let's go. Let's go to steampunk Victorian. Like, yeah, great idea. And then immediately your brain goes to all the kind of NFTs you can make. Like, what about after? Let's go to ancient Egypt and ancient Greece and and ancient Rome. Yeah. And, And immediately think about about all that could be there, because that's a time travel game. You're not limited to, you know, you go in caveman times, you're not limited to stones and spears. You know, because somebody else might be time traveling there as well. So <laughs> Really, it, it's just fantastically open. It just needs to be managed and organized so that the development, we're capable of making the development as we go. And it's brilliant because we can invite the community in. Guys, we're choosing between steampunk or the future. Which what, Which do you want to see first? And they go, oh, we want to see, you know, whatever. We let them vote. And then we're like, okay, that's the decision for us. We'll make that those levels next. So it's just I absolutely love it. It's just been so much fun.
0: Oh, you want to unmute? You can find more information about the game. There we go. I hit the wrong button because I'm stupid. At timeraiders.io, you can find out more information at timeraiders.io. That is where you can find the roadmap. You can find the communities. You can find them on social media. There's also a lovely link tree. You can go to link tr.ee slash time raiders for more information and you know follow subscribe join the community they have a white paper they're on discord they're on telegram they're on every conceivable platform in this universe and the metaverse but, guys, talk talk to me about Time Raiders. We've talked around the concept. We've talked around the subject. But, Matt, give us the hard sell. You guys are the the minds behind this game. This is your baby. Next week's a big week for you guys. Give us your view and what the synopsis of this game is, and tell us how important next week is.
1: Right. It is the greatest treasure hunt. Through all space-time, guys. So literally, we took the whole notion of NFTs being treasure and Expendium, which is our utility token. They're treasures because they're in the game. They're treasures, and in the real world, they have uh, they have value. So you treasure hunt across time and space, starting in World War II, but you're going to move to prehistoric, Victorian England, and and, uh, the future, the past, all over the place. Okay, And you're looking for treasure troves because you're looking for that literal treasure of NFTs and Expendium. And then you get to use the Expendium in-game to upgrade yourself to make yourself more powerful so that you're able to treasure hunt even better. And it's this is wonderful, constant loop of upgrading yourself, upgrading your, your raiders, your weapons, your armor, and then going and finding better and better weapons and armor and unlocking more raiders. So it's beautiful. Next week, July 20th, we have our NFT pre-sale or our INO. That's going across multiple platforms that are being announced on all our social media. So, July 20th is the date that our NFTs pre sale happens. So, you guys, it's gonna be an exciting time. You can get things like the submarine, which is the U Boot. We get the Lancaster Bomber, the Dam Buster, Spitfires. We got stuff from the future, like the Hoverbike. We got stuff from the past, like Victorian Hot Air Balloon and a Pterodactyl, a Triceratops, you know. It's all sorts of cool skins that you can only get from the NFT presale. It's just going to be fantastic, guys. Get involved. Come join as the betas continue and the live betas grow in size in preparation for launch, hopefully in the autumn, you know, but come and, and participate in the NFT presale as well as asking to join the next round of live beta testing. Simon, your words. <laughs>
2: Well, I think you've pretty much covered it there. Just just to say that you know each NFT has its own utility, um, and so it, it. What we're really hoping is that they hold their value. You know, the um, World of Warcraft it had the seventh or eighth uh, largest economy in the world at one point, although it was a virtual economy. So if we can get a fraction of that happening with uh, our community and then we've got an extraordinary fun product that will also give us all a living as we go forward including the players
0: and there's so many opportunities within this space i'm so excited i kind of want to see a steampunk triceratops but that's just me you know if that (laughs) happens I'd, i'd be a happy boy uh, but, guys, thank you so much for taking the time again. Next week is the drop of the NFTs for the greatest treasure hunt through all of time and space. If you want to get on the floor and uh, walk the dinosaur or ride a dinosaur or go through Victorian times or even, you know, fist fight a colonial, you might have that opportunity at time raiders.io for more information on this game and to learn more about the great team that we're talking with today from utopian game labs it's matt nagy simon bailey there's a whole bunch of great people on this team and you can find out more information at timeraiders.io that is timeraiders.io and they'll have all the social media thing and if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to the podcast it'll be in the description you'll have links in the description to find out and communicate with these guys and learn more about this game Matt Simon thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on NFT 101 I'm excited to have you guys back on after launch as you guys continue to build out this game talk about that and also just talk about some old school gaming I think I think we could have a good time and also simon burying the lead working on doctor who that's not like the coolest thing in the universe no not in the least <laughs> now
2: i also did play with the teletubbies oh.
0: <laughs> yeah the, 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 as
2: a millennial i respect it put the controller in their mouths <laughs> <laughs> and it still sold two million units
0: <laughs> i i your money don't jingle jingle it folds my friend thank you so much it was simon bailey and matt nagy the minds some of the minds behind time raiders that game from utopian game labs the nfts drop on july 20th for more information on that and to learn more about time raiders and becoming a part of the time raiders community go to timeraiders.io and when i start plugging that means this show is over But that doesn't mean the conversation ends. Be sure to follow us across all social media at BitMart Exchange. You can also find us across social media in the description below. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to NFT 101. And now for my favorite part of the show, the part where Nathan does all the legal stuff. This has been NFT 101. See you next time.
3: Hey, Nathan here from BitMart. Hope you liked that conversation. I know that I always do. It's great learning more about crypto and kind of putting a face behind all the technical jargon. But that's not the last thing we have to do, we've got to get some legal stuff out of the way, and so here it goes. All opinions and actions expressed and undertaken by the hosts and guests are individual opinions and actions and do not reflect the views and actions of BitMart. BitMart does not guarantee the accuracy, applicability, reliability, integrity, performance, completeness, or appropriateness of this content. The value of digital currencies can go up or down, and there can be a substantial risk in buying, selling, holding, or investing in digital currencies. You should carefully consider whether trading or holding digital currencies is suitable for you based on your personal investment objectives, financial circumstances, and risk tolerance. BitMart does not provide investment, tax, or legal advice. Use of BitMart services is entirely at your own risk.